is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. We're continuing our series on developing more leaders through a leadership pipeline. That's something that we really focus on here at Family Church in South Florida. And today, Steve Wright and I are here with two of our absolute superstars. When it comes to leadership development, these guys are awesome. Derek Simpson, who is our downtown campus pastor, and he oversees all of the student ministries and family ministry um, at all of our campuses. We also have with us uh, Pastor Kevin Saxton, who is our middle school pastor, who also works a lot with our big events that touch all of our campuses. And so, uh, Derek, Kevin, Steve, welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Yeah, we're so glad to have you guys on the show today. You know, I was just thinking last night about our baptism. You know, we go down to the beach and we see all these people get baptized. Yeah. How many How many guys got baptized? I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot Yesterday, of Yesterday, over 50. Yeah, over it was 50 incredible. People. And, you know, just, you know, the leadership that you guys are providing, because, you know, I was just thinking about all of those teenagers that got saved and then this guy led this guy and then this guy met his friend and he led this guy. And I mean, so you guys are just really driving a lot of the, you know, momentum and a lot of the, you know, passion and stuff that we're trying to do to move our church forward. So we just want to welcome you to the show. And I just want you to take a minute and introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. So I'm Kevin Saxton, been on staff here on our team for my 11th year, but this is my home church. So I've been here for about 14 years serving in our church. In your second decade on staff, though. That's right. That's That's incredible. Yes, sir. Um, I'm married to Tracy. We have six children and another that will be born in February. And so the most common question that we get is, are you trying to catch up with Pastor Jimmy? Uh, You're getting there, buddy. It's uh, it's not part of our goal. But, Easy you know. to catch Pastor Jimmy because I've got eight and we're not having any more. <laughs> yeah. Although I have said that before. <laughs> right. I think about that all the time. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I have the great privilege of being bivocational, so I serve as the middle school pastor uh, for Family Church, but I also get to work um, for a local fire department where I, I'm a captain, been there for nearly 15 years. Yeah. Derek. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's such a joy to serve with Pastor Kevin alongside you guys. I've been married to Megan since 2005, and we have four kids. We have two boys and two girls, and uh, we moved to South Florida about two years ago, and uh, I serve, as you mentioned, as our downtown campus pastor and also you know, my background and training is really in student ministry, and so uh, I continue to work and serve alongside our student pastors and give some direction to, and leadership to them as well. Well, we think that student pastors generally make the best pastors overall, and uh, I, we think that because uh, Steve was a student pastor. Absolutely. I was a student I pastor. You're it. a student pastor. You're a student pastor. So we're that's all, that's we're kind of we in, always hire. That's, we, well, as much <laughs> as we can. That's actually true, as much as we can. Kevin, you're one of our original bivocational pastors. We may have you back and talk about bivocational ministry another time, but today I want to talk about student ministry and particularly how student ministry builds our leadership pipeline here at Family Church and all across the Family Church Network. So Derek, Kevin, what principles really guide us as we develop and as we give leadership to students and families at Family Church? Yeah, you know, Jimmy, that's a great question. And uh, we really have four guiding principles or core values, if you will, as we think about student ministry. 
And um, the first is we try to partner with parents. And so, you know, several years ago, there was a, a national home, home improvement uh, company that had the slogan that you can do it and we can help. Yep. We try to take that. That's a good one. We try to take that mentality towards towards how we do student ministry and trying to train parents to, to do it. And we will come alongside them and help them. And so we do that in a lot of a lot of different ways. But uh, we also try to try to build our ministry around significant adult relationships. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've had this experience as a as a dad before, but I've had these experiences where I've tried to tell my kids things repeatedly. Right. And it doesn't seem to sink in until somebody else tells them. They'll come the exact same stinking thing. The exact same thing. Takes you off. So we have a lot of great families in our church that are trying to do their very best to raise their kids to know and love God. And so we try to provide another spiritual adult to reinforce some of those things. And then we have a lot of kids in our church that don't have parents who are spiritually engaged. And we 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 like to be able to partner them with some other right. spiritual adults to help guide them as much as they can. Uh, and then we also believe in, in instilling spiritual disciplines in our students and, and giving them real life tools like the three circles and others. And so we try to spend a lot of time instilling spiritual disciplines and helping them practice spiritual disciplines. And then the fourth thing is giving them challenging spiritual experiences. Yeah. Well, those challenging spiritual experiences are really important. You know, I, I really love experiencing experiences and, you know, I You're think an about, experience guy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, sitting kids in a classroom and then just, you know, didactively trying to teach this stuff to kids over and over and over sometimes isn't best practice. And so for T and I, whether for me and my boys, if it's elk hunting, deep sea fishing, alligator hunting, you know, I've just seen with my boys, you know, really getting out there and doing things and living life. And you guys are doing that in a lot of significant ways. So talk to us a little bit about how you're helping our students experience uh, these things and then incorporating spiritual principles to those things. Yeah, you know, we really had a, a decision to make and decisions that we have to continue to make about what kind of student ministry we want to have as our church, as we continue to plant churches. And we have all different kinds of churches and different kinds of languages and different kinds of leadership. And so we have a lot of our student pastors are, who are bivocational and, and do uh, other things. And, you know, we've all served in ministry contexts where student ministry was highly, highly event driven and event motivated. And there's a lot of good things that, that come from that. But for us, the challenge was how do we create those kind of experiences in different kinds of church contexts? And so we've really settled on having three primary events. We call them the big three. And we do one kind of on a trimester format. So we have one big, big event in the spring semester. We have one big event in the summer and one big event in the fall. And uh, we call it fall. And we don't have winter. Because we're in South Florida. That's right. That's we not have, a problem. That's right. Every <laughs> season we have something we're right. doing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But what that does is just by only having those three big events that we collectively uh, participate in together, it gives our, our youth pastors and our and our campus pastors more freedom to uh, have like different kinds of experiences like neighborhood outreach nights and different different opportunities for us to go door to door and to involve ourselves with local schools and uh, all kinds of experiences like that. So we have some really big experiences that students, hundreds of students will, will participate in. Uh, but then we also have a lot of opportunities for youth pastors and uh, small group leaders and other people to, to challenge students on a more personal level. All right, Derek, this past weekend, we showed a video to on all of our campuses. So there's, you know, however many thousands of people were on all of our campuses. Right. And we, sh we showed a video of a young man who had opportunity to see one of his friends come to Christ and then how that multiplied. And so this is 
really a very practical, practical, tangible way that I think our listeners can understand what we're talking about. So explain to them kind of that story so that they can kind of get their mind around what we're actually talking about. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of great stories uh, like that, but this is a young guy who came and got connected to our church and and God began to work in his heart and God got he and, and saved. He, you know, he gave his life to Christ and through through some of the resources that he learned here and through some people that he met here, began to reach out to his friends and created a created a, a really neat opportunity for him to reach several of his friends for Christ. They were baptized here and we got to baptize a couple more just, just last night, you know, at the beach. And, uh, and I think of a, of a young girl like of Emily, this is one of the coolest stories just in the last several weeks that have happened here, last several months that have happened here. Emily grew up kind of far from God, not really connected to the church, connected to the church, really about a year ago and God worked in her life and she gave her life to Christ and was baptized here and began to get involved with our student ministry and saw uh, and heard us reference the the three circles. And I got a text in the middle of the morning about uh, about nine or 10 o'clock in the morning said, Hey, I, I've heard us talk about the three circles. I'd like for somebody to show, you know, can somebody share with me how to, how to share the three circles? You know, the, we have a, all kinds of people that could do that. All of our staff and adults could do that, but what was really neat was be able to, to, put her on a text message thread with another student in her school. Wow. And that same day, uh, Lindsay met with her after their last, their last class period of the day, shared with her how to, how to share the gospel th- using the three circles. And, uh, and she's, you know, she's a committed believer. And now she's trained to, to share the gospel and, and does it faithfully. It's a really neat, things like that are just really cool for us. That's a, well, that's an incredible story. Jimmy always shares a story. Jimmy, remember the young girl that we had at our church that is now at Fordham? And, you know, I was showing you uh, her Bible. I mean, it, she looked like a K-author right. incarnation. <laughs> Tell our listeners real quick about that story. Yeah, there's this uh, young girl named Molly. Kevin and, and Derek know her. And uh, she actually came to our church because she was doing a school project on uh, different religions, world religions. And so she wanted to study Christianity. She ended up coming to our church. Someone invited her. She came to our church. Her parents really aren't very religious. And through that, she kept coming back and coming back. And finally, she accepted Christ. She was baptized. She became a disciple of Jesus. She's been on mission trips. All this stuff happened. And the reason is because we have events like Advance or like the Fall Retreat or like our summer camp. Kevin, you're a real expert on producing our advanced program. We've been doing this for a number of years. That's our spring break mission trip. Tell our listeners what it is, what it's for, and how it's designed. Sure. So advanced, the way we talk about advanced, we say advanced is a middle school discipleship and high school leadership program. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to to take just, we take six weeks in the spring and we, well, for other people, I think it's still called winter, but for us, it's spring. So we take six weeks and we just, we train them on spiritual disciplines. We put them in, in these groups where there's high school students overseeing middle school students. They're holding them accountable for, for memorizing scripture, for studying scripture, for telling people about, about Christ, for inviting folks to church, for all, all sorts of things like that. And we just really try and to build some habits in their lives where they, they incorporate the, the types of things in their lives that Jesus incorporated into his life. Yeah. Um, at the same time, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to develop leaders. And so we're able to to give those high school students real leadership opportunities where they are really overseeing middle school students and, and helping them and their and keeping them accountable in their, in their spiritual development. So we've got a lot of requirements for a trip um, before we go on the trip. So I tell people all the time that advance is not just a mission trip. It's a, it's a whole program that we're doing that before we even get on that mission trip, but the mission trip over spring break is kind of a put into practice 
kind of reward type trip and you have to earn your way there. And then, and for the most part, everybody does, you know, everybody steps right. up because we really do think you raise the bar that students will reach the bar. So, well, you've proven that the way you've handled this trip at family church and also for high school students, this is part of our leadership pipeline. So high school students have to apply to be leaders. And then they also have a lot of qualifications they have to meet. And every year, not a lot, but a percentage of high school students inquire about the program or start the program, but aren't eligible to go on the trip. And then honestly, they kind of wash out because they're not able to meet the requirements. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing Absolutely. at Family Church. I think it really it really raises raises the bar. Now, our students are super well-trained, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel, because you guys are taking them out canvassing in neighborhoods. You guys are teaching them the three circles. Their high school kids are teaching middle school kids and so forth. So the the, the next event that we really focus on is is our uh, student camp and our fall retreat. So talk to Derek, talk to us a little bit about the spiritual significance of student camp and fall retreat. Yeah, you know, anytime uh, you can you can get a young person out of their normal rhythm. And for us, one of the things that we'd like to do is, you know, when we take them away on trips like that, we ask them to leave their phones at home. And so we ask mom and dad to help us. Leave their phones at home? <laughs> leave their phones at home. She wants to cut off their legs. That's right. So it, torture. It takes about 36 hours for them to kind of detox from, from uh, the lack oh, of, of technology and connectedness. But that's one of the things that really helps, uh, you know, helps us, we think, is is by doing that, it allows them to really begin to build real relationships with people around them and begins to focus. They, they allow to, they really begin to focus in on uh, what God's doing in their life. And so, you know, we, we use uh, a, it's a real simple practical thing that we do is, you know, we have our, our summer camp and it's, we have a lot of fun and a lot of, a lot of activity and a lot of recreation and stuff at our camp and, and uh, kids need to do that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but it's, we do our camp in central Florida uh, and every day, it's a little warm and a little rainy. It's a little warm and it's a little rainy. So you know, uh, two or three days, it's going to rain between three and five. And uh, and so instead of just going inside and watching movies or playing games or, or something like that, we use that time to to train. So we teach them uh, new tools and new new resources that we're trying to develop, and just new ways for them to think about lostness, new ways for them to think about how to develop spiritual habits, and new ways to train on tools and resources that that help them live uh, life with you know according to God's design. Derek, Kevin, you know, when I think about advance, you know, I got here really, I ne- I came in as an outsider as far as some of those activities and things that we were doing. And, you know, when I really got to see how you guys were incorporating discipleship in the home with that, with that tool, some of the training that you guys were doing, some of the leadership opportunities, I mean, th- that is really unlike any discipleship. I- I've said multiple times when I've gone and s- spoke at different places that by far, hands down, that is the strongest, uh, most com- comprehensive discipleship program that I've ever seen put together for students. And uh, is that something that the, our listeners today could go to our show notes and maybe download that and get more information about? Yeah, of course. We'll put all kinds of resources, you know, the trip schedule and and uh, also some of our training materials and the expectations for uh, middle school students and the expectation for high school students and those those expectations for high school students is is so important and so critical because what it allows them to do is have real life leadership experiences where they're meeting one on one or one on two or one on three with middle school students and helping hold them accountable and teach them how to be disciplined Christians and uh, just, so we'll, we'll be we're happy to make all that stuff available. Okay. And, and let me say this too: it, you may be listening to this podcast today, and you may think, "Oh yeah, it's easy for you guys to do because you guys have hundreds and hundreds of students and hundreds of volunteers and a lot of money." And that does help, believe me. But we've operated programs like this in much, much smaller 
venues and much, much smaller churches with no budget. Every church of every size, if you have five kids who could do it, you could run a very similar program. If you have 15 or 30 or 50, it doesn't take hundreds to do this program. You can customize these ideas and begin to build your leadership pipeline into your own student, student ministry wherever you are in the country. And whatever kind of resource base you're operating out of, you could do this. And I'd encourage you not to write it off as, oh, that's what big churches do, because that's really not who we are. No. We're running this at every campus. And the majority of family church campuses are 300 or less. Right. And uh, you can do it as well. And so I really want to encourage you about that. Jimmy, one of the things that I just absolutely love about what these guys are doing with our student camp is, you know, a lot, a lot of times you go to you go to churches and then when they you go to their camp, it looks like something totally disconnected. That's right. It does. Right. And w- what you guys are doing is really focused. You guys are so intentional on making what we're doing at camp really a springboard for all of the initiatives that we're already leading. And so you guys do that a, a few different ways. But I mean, the the leaders, they're our leaders, the speakers, it's all of our campus pastors and leaders and Jimmy speaks. All, and so all of that is incorporated. It's our band. It's, it's our, our band. It's right. all of our people. And so these are relationships that are built. You guys talk a little bit about that because, I mean, I think that is so vital to what we're doing. And I think it, you know, you just think about all of the stuff that we're trying to gear up for in the fall, all the things we're trying to, well, you guys use camp to really set all of that up. Yeah. That's, that's a change that we, that we kind of, we were looking at the way that we're trying to do things as a church. And we, we were, we were kind of doing that where you bring in a speaker from outside and you'd, you'd bring in a band and you'd, you'd do those types of things. And what we, what we realized is, man, we, we really need this time. We need this time to be able to to be able to have some concentrated time where we can teach them some things that we really need them to know that we can, you know, it's going to kind of build into them. And what we have seen as we've done that is that it does provide opportunities for us as a church to, to introduce some things to uh, at camp to some of these students and these families, you know, there's, it's not just students that are at camp. There's, you know, there's, there are a hundred of our point. volunteer leaders that are there as well. And so these are people that are in, you know, they're people that, yeah. that want to be a, a part of what we're doing. And so we, we teach these things at camp and we kind of, introduce some ideas at camp and it allows them to be able to bring those things back and kind of be the the front runners. And as we start to introduce those things through the fall and the, and the winter, we, we've seen that to be a, just a very effective way of getting, getting our students and even the students at a leadership position. Cause you know, whether it's a new song or whether it's a new tool, like they're, you know, when we're teaching it, they're excited about it, they're doing it, they're, they're in it. So it's, uh, it's been a great thing. Well, I would just say this. I recommend anybody who's serious about developing a leadership pipeline or starting any kind of training initiative in your church, I would recommend that you consider starting with kids and starting with students. Because if you can't develop a leadership pipeline with kids and students, I think your chances of doing it with adults are very, very slim because these kids really, really want to do it. And when, when adults see kids and students serving, Fired laying up. it on the line, it motivates yeah. all of us. And, it, and that's a that's a really big deal. Hey, tell us a little bit, Kevin, tell us about our internship program. Tell us a little bit about how that actually works. Sure. So what, what, we, what we've done is we decided we wanted to be able to invest in some people in a more active kind of way to people that, that feel called to ministry, but don't really know how to, how to work that out. Started one day with just say, hey, like we're just going to have a meeting. If you want to come to the meeting, come to the meeting and developed into our into our internship. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to just equip these students, college students for uh, for the ministry that lies ahead of them, whether that's some sort of vocational ministry, whether that's a bivocational role or whether that's just being a really good servant to the church. And we want to develop, develop them any way we can. And so 
it just works where we're, we're, we're um, we've got them in meetings. We treat them like a member of our of our staff or whatever ministry they serve in, and and provide them with real meaningful opportunities that they're not going to get at, at any other level where where we can just hey we know where the where the pool of people is when we have when we have a speaking opportunity for students or we have a project that we need to help with or need somebody to to kind of spearhead or lead up. We we know who's doing that. And it gives them just a, a great opportunity to, to serve at a high level under some supervision and get some feedback on what they're doing. Jimmy, when I think about these guys being uh, student pastors here, it makes me want to go back to the beginning oh, of time and repent. Yeah, I mean, of course. These guys are, are killing it. And, you know, I just think about some of the guys that are now in leadership in all facets Right. And you talk about this. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of the guys that we're now hiring on team. I mean, you think about Victor, Joaquin. You think about all of these guys when we first met them. These guys come in, start serving in our church. You guys, I mean, I mean, you guys actually come to Jimmy and I. It's like, hey, I see a lot of potential in these young men, and Jimmy and I are like scratching our head, like, uh, okay, <laughs> trust you. <laughs> yeah, we trust you. <laughs> but I mean, talk to us a little bit about that because I mean, this, like. Here's the deal. Like you guys have people applying and trying to get into your internship from all over the country. Yeah, and tell them. And too, as you talk about this, let's talk a little bit to somebody who maybe doesn't have the resources we have at Family Church at this point. What about somebody who says, "Hey, I don't have any money to pay interns," or what about someone who says, "Hey, I don't live in a town. I don't live near a big seminary or something." How 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 could they do what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Well, actually, I would tell them that you're a lot like. Family church because we don't have any money to pay our. We don't pay interns our interns either. either. We're we're broke. I want our listeners to hear this. We do not pay our interns. No, we don't. Okay? We don't. So they are working here on a volunteer basis, and they give you how many hours a week, approximately? Yeah, they give anywhere from twelve to twenty hours a so week. So twelve to twenty hours a week. They have required meetings. They have a dress code. They have a lot of things that are put on them that they have to meet in order to be a part of it, and they do it for free, and. We don't have a seminar here, so we're recruiting college students and people that grew up in our ministry and people who moved in, and you guys do a, a really tremendous, tremendous job for that. So let me just ask you this, uh, Kevin, let's start with you. What piece of advice would you give to somebody who's a volunteer in student ministry or maybe a pastor of a church and doesn't have a paid student minister, so he's trying to do it, or maybe it's a, a youth pastor listening? What advice would you give to them in terms of building leadership into your student ministry program? Sure. Well, one of the things that I do every day is pray that God would send people to the ministry to be able to lead in the ministry. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's a Bible that's prayer, a, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm doing that every day, but then I, I like, I think that that developing a pattern of service in our students uh, yes. is a way to be able to do that. Because what I try and do with, you know, I've worked with primary middle school students, you know, and what I try and do with our middle school students is to teach them how to serve as middle school students. And if you teach them how to serve as middle school students and then provide those opportunities as high school students, one of the things that I've been doing for years is recruiting high school, high school seniors to then come back and to serve in middle school ministry. And you do that incredibly effectively. So we have we have a lot of people who I was their middle school pastor. And yeah, they it's the Kevin Saxon Alumni Association over there. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I hope that it's because they want to serve the church. That's what that's what I'm constantly trying to uh, to instill in them. But just developing that pattern, I think that yeah, the more you could teach them that, the more likely they are to be able to be at a point where they can serve when they when they get to the point where they, you know, it's not it's not the whole class comes back, but there are one or two every single year, three or four every single year that come back and will invest in in our ministry. Derek, how about you? What would you like to add to that? Yeah, I think those are great points, and Kevin has done that just so incredibly well, as you said. You, you know, I think as you think about 
as, we, as I think about leadership development, I think about student ministry, so, so much of those conversations are intertwined because, you know, the temptation can be to look around you and to identify all the things that you don't have. You may not have the kind of building, you may not have the, the kind of facilities, the kind of staff, the kind of creative resources that other people have, but you do have something. You do have people that are interested in in your church. You're listening that, to this for some reason. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. That's exactly right. And so you do have students that are connected to you. You have people in your church that love teenagers, that God has gifted and called to work with teenagers. And you have people around your church. Sometimes they're not the most uh, they're not the most easily identifiable leaders because student ministry and leadership development is a process. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that you've taught me and, and taught so many of us is that if you'll just press into people that press into you, yeah. if you'll continue to just give them opportunities to be faithful and give them small, uh, small chances and small opportunities to serve God, yeah. that over time, God will continue to work in their life, and and you'll be you'll be amazed at uh, you know all of us are here because somebody that's right at some point took a chance. On us, <laughs> yeah. a big chance. people are still taking a chance, aren't they? <laughs> exactly hey, right. Steve, you know you did student ministry for so many years, hands-on, and you have so much expertise. You've actually written books about this. Anything you want to add there, to Because especially for our listeners who are listening to this and just thinking, I can't do that. We're not big enough. We're not. That's a that's a big church. S- speak to that guy. Yeah. So obviously, Jimmy, you mentioned this just a moment ago, but you know. That's we are a network of neighborhood churches. So yeah. a lot of times when people think about family church, they think about this big church, right. and they fail to realize we are we are a majority small, small, That's small right. churches led by by vocational or volunteer or volunteers, pastors, yeah. right? And so you know the the reality of our setting is exactly what Derek and Kevin have just talked about. I mean. We do not have an overabundance of money. We do not have an overabundance of leaders. If we did, we wouldn't have all of these leadership pipeline opportunities. Right. And then the third we thing is it. that, that you know, I would just say is when when you don't have enough leaders, you have to go make them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to be able to farm that out and hope that maybe you can go hire staff from other churches or you can go find leaders that are qualified, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But the truth of the matter is you have to do it just like Jesus did. And you have to go find a bunch of old stinky fishermen that everybody else has, you know, given up on. And you just think, well, there's no way that this guy would be a leader. And the great thing about what these guys are doing, I mean, so much better than I ever did. But the thing that these guys are doing that's so beautiful is they're grabbing people that I I mean, they, they're, they're sitting here talking about taking chances on people. And I wish that our listeners could sit here and meet some of these people because... They are actually really taking chances on people, <laughs> and it, it's fascinating because I, I was talking. One of, I was in one of our staff meetings last Tuesday with one of the guys that's now like a like a incredible leader, and I remember meeting him four years ago out in our parking lot and scratching my head, going, "This will never work." I mean, right. the way the guy looked, the way the guy dressed, the way, I mean, but you guys are doing that, and. Man, it's just so it's just so redemptive and it's so godly, it's so Christ-like. And I'm I'm amazed by it. And you know, I, I just think our whole church benefits from it. And so it's just amazing because what's happening with these guys, they are just constantly lifting people up and promoting people. And in a church like ours, if you want to get to multiplication, you have to constantly That's identify right. leaders recruit leaders, yep. bring them on the team, and then you have to correct them. The other thing about these guys they didn't mention, a lot of times with these the interns that they're working with, it, it doesn't always go great. And you guys are having hard conversations constantly with these guys. We really need to do right. another podcast on this at another time because 
we ought to talk about the process you actually work through with the interns and the things that you talk to them about and the things that you put in front of them. So let's let's bring that back. I just want you to know, Derek, uh, Kevin, Steve, this has been an incredible conversation. I love student ministry so much, and we could talk about this literally for hours, and I hope that we will. Because this is something that's near and dear to all you of our hearts. You have to believe in it. I mean, how many how many peep kids do you have in our youth ministry? I can't even count them all. I don't know. <laughs> Six or something like that. A lot. The, the, the bottom line is this. I hope that this has been an encouragement to our listeners. We want you to be encouraged because you can do this. We believe that you can do this. We want to help you do it. And this is something that all of us can do together. We want to learn from you. We want you to learn from us. So let us hear from you on our website, on our blog. Chime back in and let us know what you're doing that God is blessing in your church. I also hope that all of our listeners will consider joining us at our Sharper Conference on March the 1st. We want to meet you in person. We want to learn from you face-to-face. You can register today at Sharper sharperconference.com. Also, if you learn something today, let other people know about the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. We'd love for more people to get involved and share what we are learning together. There's more information on how you can do that at familychurchnetwork.com. So join us next time and we'll keep talking about the pipeline, the leadership pipeline. And next time we're going to talk about our residency program. Can't wait to be with you and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.